yesterday he came knocking at my door selling me lies like every other time before can't believe i let you in falling for your tricks again yesterday your grip had me paralyzed one foot in the grave winner of a losing fight i heard you call me by my shame now I know that's not my name I listened to you yesterday Now I need you to hear me say Not today The father of lies will not have his way Yesterday guilt had me digging my own grave Sin had the final say But not today sins washed away if you come at me again you'll hear my defender say i've been bought by a price all my sins washed away if you come at me again you'll hear my defender say People ask me all the time, Matthew, why did you choose Christian music? Wouldn't you reach more people if you were mainstream? Well, this song is my answer. I could sing a different kind of song. I could chase more money. Yeah, I could try to be famous. Everybody love me. I could try to muddy up my message. I could water down my words. Till nobody knows what I'm saying But that ain't gonna work Cause if you know, know, know Jesus Like I know, know, know Jesus Then you know, know, know the reason why I'm putting love on the radio Spreading joy everywhere I go There's no way to hide my hope Oh, no, this little light of mine Hey, I'm gonna let it shine Telling the world to save my soul The only way I know With love on the radio 
Does every song have to be about Jesus? Well, yes, yes it does. Cause I can only sing about what I believe in. And I believe in his life-changing love. If you know, know, know Jesus like I know, know, know Jesus, then you know, know, know the reason why. I'm putting love on the radio, spreading joy everywhere I go. There's no way to hide my hope. No, this little light of mine Hey, I'm gonna let it shine Telling the world to save my soul The only way I know With love on the radio Love on the radio Love on the radio oh, oh, oh. And if you know, know, know Jesus Like I know, know, know Jesus Then you know, know know the reason why and if you love 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 jesus like i love 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 jesus then you love 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 are you new here have you been here a while but wondered who we really are in this church you'll find real people excited about the mission god has for them You'll find meaning and direction in a true community of believers. You'll find life experiences shared and stories worth remembering. You'll find giving and serving in real relationships. You'll find passionate worshipers growing better together. You'll find laughter and tears and people taking chances. But ultimately, you'll find true belonging and purpose in the one who made you. In this church, we believe that your life was never meant to be lived alone and that love can write your story. We are the church, the body of Christ, the hope for this world. Would you please rise for our first song? If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, You've been hearing the same old voice on the same old lies. If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, well, he's a way. Savior, if you got chains, he's a chain breaker. 
reading this morning is from the book of Genesis chapter 12. It's not the text that's going to be in the sermon, but listen to this passage and then when we, when we dive into chapter 22 in a little bit, I hope you'll make the connection back to what is said right here. So here's Genesis 12, the first five verses. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, thank you for all good things. Lord, all things good come from you. And we are so blessed to come and worship together here today. I pray that everything that we do would be uplifting to your name. And Father, that you would draw us close to you. We thank you for building our faith. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I speak the name of Jesus over you In your hurting, in your sorrow I've asked my God to move I speak the name cause it's all that I can do In desperation I seek heaven pray this for you I pray for you Circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee. In Jesus' name, I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles. 
boys and girls, come on up front. It is time for the kids' message. Yeah, come on up front here. Find a seat on the floor. I brought a book with me today. It's really my favorite kids' Bible. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. And we're going to look at a story called The Present. And it is about the story of Abraham and Isaac from Genesis chapter 22. All right. And so as I read this story, the pictures of the book will be up on the screen. All right. So you can follow along and see the pictures. All right. So here we go. It's called The Present. God knew that his secret rescue plan could only work if Abraham trusted him completely. God had to make sure Abraham would do whatever he asked. So a few years later, God asked Abraham to give him a present. Abraham liked giving presents to God. He gave God animals. They were called sacrifices, and they were a way to say, I love you, to God. But this time, God didn't want a lamb or a goat. God wanted Abraham to give him something more much more. He wanted Abraham to give him his son, his only son, the son he loved, Isaac. Put his boy on an altar and kill him as a sacrifice? How could God want him to do such a terrible thing? Abraham didn't understand, but he knew that God was his father who loved him, and so Abraham trusted him. Early the next morning, Abraham and Isaac set off, They climbed the steep stony trail up the mountain. Isaac carried the wood on his back. His father carried the knife and the coals. Papa, Isaac said, we have everything except we forgot the lamb for the sacrifice. God will give us the lamb, son, Abraham said. They built an altar and laid the wood on top. Abraham asked his son to climb on top of the wood. Isaac didn't understand, but he knew his father loved him. And so he trusted him. He up on the altar, and Abraham tied his boy to the wood. Isaac didn't struggle or try to run away. He just lay there quietly and didn't make a sound. Everything was ready. Abraham took the knife. Tears were filling his eyes. Pain was filling his heart. His hand was shaking. He lifted the knife high into the air. Stop, God said. Don't hurt the boy. I want him to live, not die. I know now that you love me because you you would have given me your only son. Abraham felt his heart leap with joy. He unbound Isaac and folded him in his arms. Great sobs shook the old man's whole body. Scalding tears filled his eyes. For a long time, they stayed there like that, in each other's arms, the boy and his dad. Suddenly, Abraham saw a ram caught in some brambles, the sacrifice. God had given them what they needed just in time. The ram would die, so Isaac didn't have to. And so Abraham sacrificed the ram instead of his son. And as they sat there on the mountaintop, watching the embers of the fire die in the cool night air, the stars above them sparkling in the velvet sky, God helped Abraham and Isaac to understand something. God wanted his people to live, not die. God wanted to rescue his people, not punish them, but they must trust him. One day, someone would be born into your family, God promised them, and he will bring happiness to the whole world. 
God was getting ready to give the whole world a wonderful present, it would be God's way to tell his people, I love you. Many years later, another son would climb another hill, carrying wood on his back. Like Isaac, he would trust his father and do what his father asked. He wouldn't struggle or run away. Who was he? God's son, his only son, the son he loved, the Lamb of God. Wow. That's an amazing story, isn't it? What happened in the story? What did you see happen? What? Yeah, Abraham was getting ready to sacrifice his son to Isaac, and he didn't run away. He stayed there. He must have really trusted his dad, huh? Yeah. What, what did we learn about God? What did you see about God in this story? Yeah, God doesn't want us to die. He doesn't want to punish us. He wants us to live. That's amazing, isn't it? So what does that say about us as his people? Do you think we can trust him? Yeah, we can trust God, can't we? Even when we don't understand what's going on. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Will, will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands and you can, can repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus for rescuing us so we can have life with you. Help us to trust you even if we don't understand. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up, and you can head on back to your seats. And moms and dads, this was just a simple example of what family devotions can look like in your home. Maybe you're already doing family devotions. That's great. Maybe you'd like to learn a little bit more about different resources, different ways of doing devotions in the home. If so, you can scan the QR code on the slide up there. Um, you can look on Church Center or you can call the church office uh, to get more information about a family devotion roundtable that will be coming up soon. Thank you very much, Greg. Okay, announcements time. I know this is... Uh, Kind of a key point in your morning, so glad you're here for announcements. The first one is, is just to say, welcome. Welcome to you if you're here for the first time. Welcome to you if you're here for the hundredth time. If this is your first time, we are delighted that you found your way to 1C Church. And we want you to know that if you would like to connect with us and learn more about how things are done here at 1C Church, what we're about, if you've got questions of any kind, you can stop out here to the, um, the Welcome Center, at Next Step Center afterwards and get some more information there. You can also text 1C Guest to 94000. We'll be glad to get back to you on that and follow up on it. Later in the service, we, we do this thing called Prayers of the People. And it's a time where we just kind of quiet down because there's people in our congregation, there's people in our community that we take time to pray for, and this is when we do it. If you have a prayer request, there's a text number up there. You can see it, 402-242-5051. That'll come into an app. We print those prayers, and we include them in the prayers of the people later this morning. We'll do communion in just a little bit. And as we, when we get to communion, there'll be a slide that comes up that kind of talks about 
you know, how we think about communion, how we practice communion at 1C Church. But one of the, one of the central features is, is that here at 1C Church, we believe that, yes, we are, we are taking body and blood from the Lord's table, bread and wine from the Lord's table, but it is the true body and blood of Jesus. And if that is your confession, we welcome you to come to the Lord's table this morning. Uh, tithes and offerings will be passing the, the joy baskets right after this next song. So you can be looking for those to come your way. And once again, welcome to worship.
Thank you for that reminder. That is who you are. There's a line in that song, um, you are here. We heard it a lot. This is one of the ways that Jesus comes to us through this sacrament, the Lord's Supper, communion, the Eucharist. Jesus comes to us through his body and through his blood. And it's a moment in the life of the church. You know, we're pausing right now. Our brothers and sisters across this town Many of them will be having communion. The churches in the country will be having communion. The churches in the towns around us, and on and on it goes. This pause to remember and to receive this blessing of forgiveness that's all wrapped up in this meal. Prior to doing that, we have this opportunity to confess before God who we are. We are sinners in need of grace. So if you'll join me in this confession... Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. 
we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And it is my delight to announce to you that if that is your confession this morning, you are no longer walking in the darkness of sin. You are walking in the light that God has made available through his son, Jesus. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner also, after supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. If you already know the routine, if you're on the outside wings, you go to the wall, come through for communion, and go back up the aisle. If you're in the middle, we'll be serving you in the center. Come forward when you are ready.
blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and preserve you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith. Depart in his peace. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we just thank you that you are here with us. And no matter whatever we're going through, that you will always be with us. Heavenly Father, a prayer for Nancy that you be with her, provide good news and healing as she awaits answers. Heal her back and give her and her family peace and comfort. Prayers for good test results for Dave Thomas on his MRI. Prayers as I begin new treatment for cancer this week, hoping the side effects are tolerable. A prayer, Lord, that you just relieve the pain in my back and leg from my sciatic nerve. I believe God sees me. A prayer for strength for my son Aaron, who has a rare liver disease, and for the doctors and the researchers to find a treatment and a cure. Prayers for our daughter who is undergoing more biopsies this week. A prayer, Lord, that you be with my family as we travel this week. A prayer for guidance in my life and direction on the way and the path that you have planned for me and my wife. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you that you hear what's on our hearts, the ones spoken this morning, the ones unspoken. And we just want you to know, Lord, that we, we do trust you and give us the strength to just lay it all at your feet and just uh, leave it lay there and trust you with it. Father, we just thank you for your guidance in our lives. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I love being here this morning with you all. So welcome, church. It's good to be together, yeah? Yes, it is. Good worship, good time of confession, good time in, around the Lord's table. So a message this morning that is anchored in Genesis chapter 22. We'll take a look at the first eight verses. A couple things preceding that as we kind of come up to it. You know, these have been very interesting weeks, um, walking through these different parts of Genesis. We've, we've encountered lots of diverse characters, lots of different locations, lots of plots and storylines and themes. And it's all been about God relating with his creatures and his creatures relating with him. Think about just for a minute where we've been. The series started, of course, in, in the beginning, in the creation. So we spent some time about how God brought everything out of nothing into being. We talked about Adam and Eve and the fall. We took a look at Cain and Abel. We spent time with Noah, who was righteous before God and whose family was spared when the flood came. 
and start it all over again. And then that went south, as it usually does with humankind when we get to the Tower of Babel. Let's build a tower. Let's be gods. Let's reach up to heaven. We can do this. Abraham came on the scene. Sodom and Gomorrah was last week. And today, we come together to take a look at a very significant narrative in God's story. It's this look at Isaac, this beloved son of Abraham and Sarah. And as we've gotten here to this story of Isaac, it's been a very long expanse of history. If we go back to the first Sunday when we did creation up to this Sunday right now, we've traveled 1,900 years. You hardly feel it, do you? 1,900 years of God being faithful, of God maintaining his relationship with his creation. And it goes way beyond Genesis chapter 22, as you know. There have been many characters moving across the stage of God's timeline. Back in chapter 12, we were introduced for the first time to one of the, one of the central characters in this, in this story, this history of salvation, and that's Abraham. He's a central player, and, and, he, and he came on the scene in chapter 12. I read that just a little bit ago. That's the chapter where Abraham receives his call from God. I recently learned in a class I took at the seminary this summer, it was in New Testament theology. And this guy was brilliant. And I knew he was brilliant because one of the first things he said is, open your Bibles to whatever, let's say, Let's use this text. Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12. What does your English translation say? Most English translations will say, the call of Abraham. I got to tell you, at first I thought, here's this guy with experience and these degrees and all this time and all this scholarly stuff, and this is what you've got? Read the header? But he's right. The call of Abraham, that's chapter 12. It's good to know that. It's important in the big picture. Abraham, he will remain a central character all the way to the end of chapter 25, and that's when he finally dies. So that Abraham is approximately 25% of the Genesis narrative. In our text this morning, we'll get to it in just a moment, as in prior weeks, the scriptures provide us with all those points that make up a good story. A good story has to have main characters. Well, today we're going to have God and Abraham and Isaac and two of Abraham's servants, and I'm not including the donkey and the ram, okay, just the human main characters. We have a setting. Abraham and his family are living in Beersheba. He gets the call, go a three days journey to Mount Moriah. We've got this place where all of this takes place. We have a plot. The plot is the sacrifice of Isaac. 
And we have conflict. Conflict. The impossible task of following through on a command to lay your child on an altar and take his life as a sacrifice. And we have a theme. God's provision for man, man's salvation through Jesus. Yes, that theme is in these short eight verses. The events of chapter 22, if you, if you have a, you know what, if you, if you have a Bible, bring it to church. If you have an iPad, open it up and follow along or on your phone. That'd be, that'd be a-okay. But this text this morning, chapter 22, its first words are, after these things. What, what do you think, what might that indicate to you? After these things, is it kind of a pointing back this way? Well, what does that mean? After what things? What, what happened before we get to chapter 22? It's important to know because there's lots of events, and chapter 2 is influenced by those events. You know, you read this word in context, and it helps give insight and understanding to chapter 22. It's important. So we're just going to roll back to chapter 15. Chapter 15 is really important in the Abraham story, particularly as we come into these verses about Isaac. So here's what it says, chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. I didn't make a slide for this, so, you know, bear with me while I just read out loud and, and you can follow along. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O oh Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, this man shall not be your heir, your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven, number the stars, if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he, Abraham, believed the Lord and he, God, counted it to him as righteousness. For I continue childless. You have given me no offspring. But God says, your very own son shall be your heir. At the time of this conversation, there was no son. That's chapter 15 quickly moving through to bring us up to 22. Chapter 16 is the story of Sarai and Hagar. Hagar. This was Sarai's uh, handmaiden. Abram and Sarai take it upon themselves to solve this problem of being childless by arranging for Abram to father a child with Hagar. 
chapter 17, Abraham and the covenant of circumcision. And in chapter 17, we get Isaac's birth being promised. In chapter 18, the announcement that Sarai will indeed bear a child. And also in this chapter is where Abraham intercedes for Sodom and Gomorrah. In chapter 19, God rescues Lot from the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Jim touched on that last week. Chapter 21, a very key moment in the story, in the biblical story, a very key moment, the birth of Isaac. There's all of these things and more are Abraham's experience as we come to the text in chapter 22, 1 through 8. And here's what that says. After these things, there it is. We just reviewed what that might have looked like. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I in the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb? for the burnt offering. And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. Abraham has heard this before. Not all of, the de- not all of this detail that's in this passage, but he's heard before this command of God, get up, Pack up, move. That's the essence of chapter 12. That was this morning's reading. Get up, move. I've got a special call for you. Chapter 12, he, he, pack your household, leave your country, leave your family, go to a land that I will show you. He, he, he doesn't have an Excel spreadsheet that tells him, well, first we pack. Okay, then, then we load these particular donkeys, and then we get food, and then we gather the family. You know, then on day one, we'll be stopping and, and do this and that and the other. No, get up, pack your stuff, and go. I'll let you know what's next. Oh, <laughs> oh our Heavenly Father, I'll let you know what's next. Encountered that one? Sure you have. Into the unknown. So the text says, so Abraham went, 
as the Lord had told him. That's kind of stunning. Trust and obedience. Two foundation stones of the faith are right there for us to see in, in Abraham. Trust and obedience. Foundations to the faith. But this call in chapter 22 is a test. It is a horrifically difficult test. Get up, go to the place I will reveal to you, and when you get there, sacrifice your son. Can you imagine those words in your life? Can I imagine those words in my life? Your answer might be, yeah, I sure can. Because you've come into a place in your life where God's word to you was simply impossible to grasp. Shrouded in darkness, shrouded in impossibility, I'm not sure what I'm hearing. How? How can God ask such a thing? And on top of that, this is the same God that spoke to Abraham back in chapter 15, assuring him that, quote, your very own son shall be your heir. Number the stars if you can, so shall your offspring be. How do we get offspring? Well, my dad and me and my son and his son, that's how it works, isn't it? It's generations. So from a human perspective, if Isaac's gone because he was sacrificed and he's not there, there's no heir. And if there's no heir, then there's no line going out from Abraham to Jesus. And how do we get that? We get that from Matthew chapter 1. I'm not going to read all of it, but in the opening verses, here's what Matthew says. Matthew opens his gospel with the genealogy of Jesus. It's worth a close read with a concordance in a Bible dictionary nearby. So you can sort out all those names that are about this long, you know, and they got two vowels and 17 consonants in them. Here's what it says, Matthew 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, and here it is, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and on it goes up to verse 17, where it comes to a close. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14. From David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. You think God might have had a plan? Oh, yeah, he did. If Isaac is sacrificed, this genealogy is seriously disrupted. That does not mean 
that God could do, not do something different because he certainly could. But here's the thing. He made a covenant with Abraham. Through you I will make a great nation and the Christ will come through that line. This, this command to sacrifice your only son, it's, it's just too hard to understand. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll get a word from God that just, it just sounds off the hook. And, and I want to say, whoa, God, slow down. Maybe we could talk about this for a bit. God's got a word. My friend Robert maintains a very robust devotional life. And he, he, I've heard this story many times from him. He tells, a, he tells about a time some years back during a, a particular season of study and prayer. And he was in one of those times where he was just experiencing over and over again this steady prodding of the Holy Spirit. Do you know those times? You, you know? You know, prodding, poke. He's in your, he's in your head. He's in, he's, he's in your heart. He's in the conversations that you're having with people. It's somewhat akin to our children with this move. Dad, 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 dad. Are you listening? Are you listening? So that's what Robert was going through. The Spirit wanted him to slow down and give some thought to this question. The Spirit brought him this question. Four words. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? That's a very different response from, God, please explain yourself here. So when God is asking of us something very, very hard, and brothers and sisters, your experience and my experience would testify that there are times when his word comes to us and it feels unbearable. And this question in those times, do you trust me? That's a question worth pondering because there is nothing more life-giving than obeying the voice of God in our lives. Nothing more life-giving than obeying the voice of God in our lives. Trust him to use whatever he brings you into your path. The various people, places, and events, he will use them to shape us and form us and make us ready, willing, and able to do the work of his kingdom. Where do we find this theme of do you trust me in today's text? And it's there. I would encourage you to go home today and read it and think about this next thing. Because when, when we read the Old Testament in light of the New Testament, you, be, you begin to see pretty soon, this is pointing towards the Messiah. 
all of the Old Testament will point to Jesus. All of it. And it's a good question to ask yourself if you're an Old Testament reader. Ask yourself this, where is Jesus in this text? Does anything that I'm reading in Leviticus point toward his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of sins? And let the Spirit work with you to tease that out. So in Genesis chapter 22, 1 through 8, today's text, we see a, a, a type of Jesus in Isaac. There are parallels, Isaac and Jesus. And here's just a few of them. Both, Isaac and Jesus, fulfilled promises. Isaac was the long-promised son to Abraham. Jesus was the long-promised Messiah, the Son of God. Both were the only son of their father. God said that Isaac, to, that said about Isaac, your son, your only son, whom you love. That's what he said to Abraham. And God said about his son, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Both had a miraculous birth. Isaac was born to parents who were very old. And Jesus was born of a virgin, Mary, and conceived by the Holy Spirit. Both Isaac and Jesus carried their own wood. Isaac carried the wood for his own sacrifice. Jesus carried the crossbeam of his cross. Isaac is a beloved son. God has asked that Abraham and Sarah give him up as a burnt offering. When he got that word from the Lord, he's got images in his head, I'm thinking. These Abraham and Sarah, they would know what a burnt offering is and, and why we do this, what this practice is all about. The purpose of a burnt offering in the Old Testament sacrificial system was for general atonement. It's an acknowledgement of sin and a request for renewed relationship with God. I, I just can't imagine what was going through Abraham and Sarah's mind. But that message... This burnt offering message is the message of the gospel in the New Testament. Because we will see there also God who does not tolerate sin give up his beloved son as the final burnt offering. No more are necessary. And when he sees sin in the lives of his people, he calls us to repentance and I'm grateful he does that. You know why? Because he won't tolerate what will kill me. This is a good Lutheran moment in this sermon. Thanks be to God. He won't tolerate what will kill me. There had to be a wooden cross on Golgotha's hill. There had to be an empty tomb. It's the only way to life and salvation and forgiveness of sin. It goes right through the death and resurrection of Jesus. That, friends, is an extraordinary love of God towards us. Let's wrap this up. Wrap it up with a question. Do you know that you are relevant to God? 
Do you know that you are relevant to God? Do you know that when we gather in this sanctuary Sunday after Sunday, we're not here so that I, either myself or Jim or a guest preacher could make God relevant to you. No. It's to discover that we are relevant to God. Every stop that we've made in this book of Genesis so far would bear that out. And certainly today's text affirms it. The entire Old Testament makes it plain that we're relevant to God. Get to the end of, New, of the Old Testament in Malachi, flip the page into Matthew. The Gospels testify that we're relevant to God. The letters, Paul's epistles, testify all the way to the end. You know, this is, this is glorious. Because of Jesus, because of Jesus, the fragile moments of our daily lives are filled with meaning beyond our making. They are filled with love beyond our strength. Let me say it one more time. Because of Jesus, the fragile moments of our daily lives are filled with meaning beyond our making, filled with love beyond our strength. Our lives are in his hands. And he will make us instruments of the work he wants to get done. Wherever you're, whatever your context is. He's got something for you. And he does this as we go about our daily routines, day in, day out, day in, day out. Here comes one of my favorite phrases. Most of you have heard it before. Monday's coming. Monday's coming, church. And Jesus will be close by. Count on it. He'll be on the factory floor. He'll be in the office cubicle. He'll be in the downtown business. He'll be in the doctor's office. He'll be around the feedlots. He'll be around the farm. He'll be there. He will be building into our lives a faith like Abraham's, drawing us ever closer to himself in this gorgeous beautiful relationship of trust. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, how we need you. We need to see with, with the eyes that you give us. Open, open our hearts to this truth that you're, you're present. Certainly you're here this morning. You're going to be here when the alarm goes off tomorrow morning. And wherever we go, whatever the routine, you're going to be there. Just like you were with Abraham from the call he got until you cried out, hold the knife. You've never left him. You've got a work for us to do. Make us like him. A faith and a trust and a way of living in obedience like he did. Thank you for my brothers and sisters this morning. I pray a blessing on them as they go from here. They will go in the power and in the strength of your spirit. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please rise for our last song?
There's a sign on the door that says come as you are, but I doubt it. Cause if we live like that was true, every Sunday morning pew would be crowded. But didn't you say church should look more like a hospital? A safe place for the sick, the sinner and the scarred and the prodigals like me. Truth be told, the truth is rarely told. Oh, am I the only one who says I'm fine? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Hey, I'm fine, but I'm not. I'm broken, and when it's out of control, I say it's under control, but it's not. And you know it. I don't know why it's so hard to admit it. When being honest is the only way to fix it There's no failure, no fall, there's no sin you don't already know So let the truth be told Can I really stand here unashamed Knowing that your love for me won't change Oh God, if that's really true Then let the truth be told Say I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine, hey, I'm fine, but I'm not. I'm broken, and when it's out of control, I say it's under control, but it's not. And you know it, I don't know why it's so hard to admit it, when being honest is the only way to fix it. There's no failure, no fall, there's no sin you don't already know, yeah, I know. There's no failure, no fall, there's no sin you don't already know. So let the truth be told. I wish I looked like Bradley Cooper. Wish I had movie star muscles like Chris Pratt. I wish my kids thought I was cooler. I wish I wasn't just a skinny jean wearing that. Now there's another thing I'm wishing. I wish I didn't just say what I just said Cause now everybody's heard All the insecure voices in my head Not good enough Not cool enough Don't measure up Yeah, I've had enough Listen. Hey, I don't wanna spend my Posting pictures. Looks like everybody else has the perfect life. And we're just watching from the bleachers. Discontent and thinking, wouldn't it be nice? But comparison is the thief of joy. Trust me, I know. Cause for way too long I let it steal my joy. But not anymore. Hey, I don't wanna spend my life wishing I was
No offense to Bradley Cooper, but hey, I don't want to spend my life wishing I was different. That would be a waste of time, cause I know you, yeah. you love me just as I am, and I know my God don't make mistakes, so I'm just gonna be the me you made, yeah, I'm just gonna be the me you made, hey, I'm just gonna be the me you made, and I know my God don't make mistakes, so I'm just gonna be the me you made. The man I wanted to be No, he didn't wear a cape and he couldn't fly But he was a hero to me Believing heroes are human But there's one thing I always knew The whole time I was looking up to him He was looking up to you Dear Lord, 
When I'm tempted to look at the world around me for satisfaction only you can provide, keep me looking up to you. When trouble surrounds me and I'm tempted to fix my eyes on my circumstances, keep me looking up to you. I'm trying to lead my family. Help me remember that starts by following. Lord, keep me looking up to you, always looking up to you. Amen. There's no sun without you telling it to rise. And there's no star without you stretching them across the sky. No raindrop falling without you telling it where to land. No ocean wave without the wave of your hand. And there's no me without you. I can't breathe. There's no song without your mercy's melody. There's no future without the plans you have for me. There's no hope without you rising up from the grave. And there's no freedom without you chasing away my shame. And there's no me. Hey there, Sam, that sure was some smile on your face Standing on the stage in a fifth grade Christmas play You were everybody's friend and nobody's enemy 
There were storm clouds deep inside you Nobody else could see What was really going on And now we can't believe you're gone Too young, too soon This world lost you Hearts break in two Too young, too soon They say everybody's fighting a hidden battle of their own And I fought my own enough to know it's true But sometimes lonely makes it hard to see that you're really not alone We would have gladly stood beside to fight your fight with you But now we ask God why I never thought we'd have to say goodbye Too young, too soon this world lost you hearts break into too young too soon too soon This is how it feels when standing strong Turns into barely even holding on The plans you had are shattered on the floor And your fear tells your fate There's no use in praying those prayers anymore Can't get worse. Hold on, that's when. Hold 
ask you, what do I do now? Just when you think you can't get worse, hold on, that's when hope returns.